Welcome to Photophonica. I'm Greg Miller. Hi, Mr. Miller. My name is Joanne Fuller. We don't know each other, but in a way we do. I recently received a picture that you had sent to a funeral home of my dad. You had met him shortly after 9-11 and took a photo. In 2016, I think you forwarded it to their funeral home. And they were going through the files, and there was this beautiful package. They forwarded it to me, and I need to speak with you and to express my gratitude. Anyway, it's beautiful. It's a moving story. Please call. Thanks, Mr. Miller. Have a great night. My name is Joanne Fuller. I'm from Canandaigua, New York, and I am the eighth child in the Stevenson family. My dad is Thomas Stevenson, Jr. Two months ago, I got a phone call and I thought, you know how you get so many solicitations and junk, you know, whatever. But I recognized that it was from Mount Pocono. And that's where my parents had a summer, winter home um, where we could enjoy the lakes and the mountains and ski in the winter. And that is where my dad died. So I thought, well, how strange is that? Maybe an old neighbor. And I pick it up. And it's a woman at her funeral home who says she's a managing partner. They just changed hands. She came across my dad's file and she said, there's some pictures in the file. So I thought, oh, well, perhaps we had submitted them for a picture board or something like that. I don't remember doing it though. So she said, I, I feel somebody sent them and I think your family needs to have them. So I gave her my address and a week later they came. Um, but I, <laughs> I was nervous. I felt I had to put it aside and have a private moment to open it up. And luckily, you know, a couple weeks ago, TJ's youngest son got married and I got to see all my brothers, which was really great. And when I got back, one of them called just to chat and I said, oh, you know, by the way, this came 30 days ago. It's sitting there. Would you FaceTime with me? And we can open it together because I feel like I'm going to cry. <laughs> and we opened it up and there was your letter in the pictures. And it just was amazing. So there they sat since 2016 in a file. And somebody randomly was just cleaning out the filing cabinet. This picture is my dad in his 80s down in the Wall Street area. And he he's looking at the ruins, the smoldering ruins of the World Trade Center. And his expression is, I don't know, in awe, aghast, 
like a man just trying to brace himself, you know, can't comprehend what he's seeing. It's kind of overwhelming. I'm TJ Stevenson. I'm the eldest of the nine, or really 10, children that were born to Tom and Virginia Stevenson. I go by TJ, but the name is really Thomas, after my father and my grandfather. When I think about my dad, he was a man who enjoyed life. I have pictures of him through the many years as a young man at college, all the way to late in his life, being silly. Everyone was his friend. It was remarkable in that way and a great role model for me, something for me to really aspire to. Didn't matter who you were in life, you know, he could be your friend equally, you know, president of some big corporation and the mailman. They were, they were just as good to him. He was simple. <laughs> he loved God, he loved his country, and he loved his family. He served on a ship called the Samuel B. Roberts. And the Samuel B. Roberts is renowned in naval history as a little tin can that went up against a giant Japanese battleship in the Battle of Lady Gulf in the Philippines. Largest naval battle the world's ever seen. Sadly, the Samuel B. Roberts went down. Many of its men were lost, and my dad was a survivor. That was the biggest experience in his life. I, in a way, I don't think it mattered how many children he had. Um, nothing was a bigger event than the sinking of his ship and his survival after days in the ocean and his eventual rescue. Uh, so when I look at that picture of my dad outside the World Trade Center, I think that he's stunned somehow reimagining the tragedy of his ship being blown apart and sinking. And yet, you know, that was years before a different world, but it's like it's somehow come back in, in some fashion. He looks dismayed. It's particularly poignant for me because I used to work in the World Trade Center. And I used to work on the 90th floor of tower number two. And I sat right exactly where the nose of that second plane went into the building. I've seen the pictures and I said, that's where I sat. But I, had, I wasn't there. I had left years before. But to see my father standing there outside that wreckage, is, it just brings it back to me as well the tragedy of the World Trade Center. He was such a wonderful storyteller. You know, you often hear about veterans that come home and they can't talk about their service. They can't talk about what tragedies and atrocities they've seen. But my dad embraced it and never stopped telling the stories. My dad, Tom, was an officer of the ship 
he was in charge of going down below decks, down to where the safe was located. In the safe was cash that would be used to pay sailors when they were on leave, and also the code books. And the code books, he was the communication officer. So the code books were his responsibility. And the fear was that they would fall into enemy hands. So when a ship goes down, his job in this case was to go down below decks, which is the last place I think you want to be when a ship is sinking, get into the safe, take out the code books in a bag with weights in them of some type so they would sink to the bottom of the ocean. So my dad tells the story how he went down below deck, opened the safe, and there were piles of cash sitting there, just piles of cash that anybody would like to just put in their pocket. But I mean, the ship was sinking. So he left all that money there and grabbed those code books, came up on deck and threw them overboard and sank them. Just funny that it isn't so often in your life that you walk away from piles and piles of cash. There are many people who knew my father and never met him, but heard about him. I remember myself riding the subway in lower Manhattan, New York, on my way to work probably, when I heard two people talking about a man, a very curious man, who used to hang out at a bar downtown and he would put a drink on his head, like a cocktail, and he would sing the Muffin Man song <laughs> while he had this glass balanced on his head to the entertainment of, of everyone. So here I am riding a subway and I see two strangers telling this story. I know it was my dad they were talking about. I love the photo. Yes. I mean, you caught, you caught the moment, you know, it speaks volumes. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I can't believe we found each other. I want to thank Joanne, TJ, and the extended Stevenson family. I'm grateful for meeting the real Tom Stevenson, the legend himself, on Maiden Lane and Broadway 22 years ago. To see the photograph of Tom and some other photographs from his illustrious life, visit photophonica.com. Over the years, students have asked me about the practice of sending prints to the people in one's pictures. Should you do it? Should you not? When I was still in college, a minister once asked me this. Do the people in your pictures get to see the pictures? I tried to explain to him that I photographed too many people. It was too difficult, I said. But I could tell my argument was falling flat on this man of the cloth. He sized me up for a minute, and his face broke into a warm smile, and he said, but think how happy they'll be when they see it. I've never forgotten that moment. It was like God was trying to tell me something. I wish I had gotten the print to Tom sooner so that he could have seen it himself. But I think the moral of this story, if there is one, is that it's never too late to try. This episode of Photophonica was produced by me, Greg Miller, in September, 2023. I get script editing help from the great Evan Roberts. 
Music by Ken Cormier, Lee Rosevere, and John Algar. If you would like to support this podcast, now there is a way by going to photophonica.com and clicking support. Your contribution pays for gas and film, but it also sends a clear message that this type of storytelling is worth pursuing. I'm filled with gratitude for your support. Photophonica can be heard on all the usual podcast platforms. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. Click subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to your podcast. I'll be back soon with another story I'm excited to share with you. Thank you so much for listening.